Hi everybody, this is Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor of MMM, and welcome to this week's episode of the MMM Podcast, where my faithful co-host Larry Dober and I interview people of note in and around the world of healthcare marketing. So glad that Larry's back. Hey, Larry. That's great to be back. I've been in my little cocoon for the last uh, six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. Uh, it's good to be here. Yes, and all the hard work and cocooning, so to speak, paid <laughs> off, um, and which we'll talk about in a minute, but you were working on uh, the agency issue uh, and, and orchestrating that and uh, doing the great job that you always do. Oh, thanks, uh, thanks. So uh, it was getting a little lonely here in the podcasting suite, so we're, we're, we're glad you're back. Yeah, I noticed we're one chair down, I think, from where we were, so I hope this wasn't a, you know, me just crashing the party and coming back when I wasn't invited. No, no, not <laughs> at all. It's, it's been much anticipated, and uh, uh, before we go any further, I just want to uh, wish everybody a welcome. Welcome back as well. All you listeners out there, hope everybody had a relaxing Independence Day weekend. Uh, this week is our agency confidential episode of the Agency uh, 100. Uh, uh, we're going to be devoting this week's episode of the podcast to unpacking or deconstructing uh, the uh, comprehensive suite of profiles and, and other features that are part of the Agency 100 issue. Um, by the way, if you haven't registered yet for the site, we encourage you to do that so you can get uh, unimpeded access to all this great content. Um, so, you know, first, um, you know, uh, first, uh, Larry, why don't you set the stage for people just in terms of like all the orchestration that goes into the Agency 100 um, issue, uh, because uh, it, there is a process to it that, that people probably are, are curious about but might not be aware of. Yeah, you know, um, it, it starts in earnest, I guess, around January or so, where we sit down, you know, we sketch out deadlines, we sketch out, you know, the general idea of what we want to do how it might be different from years past, um, content that should be subtracted, content that should be added. So I believe the two of us and our um, production leader, Kevin Zitzman, sit down, sat down somewhere around probably the first week of January and you know sketched out kind of the biggest picture plan in terms of deadlines, which, of course, I wound up missing. And um, after that, it was a matter of reaching out to all of the companies that we featured last year but also ones that had expressed interest about the issue and saying like, hey, you know, let's get your contact information. And, you know, you think that would be a pretty simple, straightforward step, but, you know, then you get about 85 bounced back emails because as one of our trends that we'll talk about later evinces, you know, there's a lot of movement, you know, um, you know, people are very much in high demand. People are coming, people are going. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so we went live with the agency A to Z survey, I believe mid-February, and that's where we compile the information that goes into the choice of the top 100 firms and the ones to watch and um, everything around it. So it's, it's a lot, you know, it's almost like, a, you know, it gets a momentum of its own. You know, you start working on the thing. Next thing you know, okay, you know, text is coming in. And, you know, we worked with, I believe, maybe 10 freelancers in addition to pretty much everyone, you know, everyone who's in the room right now, Mickey, our, um, <laughs> we just dropped this pen at this, uh, you know, huge mention here. Um, you know, Mickey Brown, our, you know, digital editor, um, you wrote some, I wrote some, everybody on staff wrote some. You it know, was a group, a group effort. Yeah. It's a, it's a big thing. And, you know, when it finally comes together, it's kind of a cool thing because, you know, what's the average issue of MMM? Uh, 55 pages, mm -hmm. 50 pages. Uh, this one checked in at 244. And, you know, the idea that a print product can be so anticipated and can be so successful in this day and age, I think is it's pretty cool and I think it's pretty rare. And I think that speaks to the vibrancy of the agency business. Absolutely. And, and since we added the revenue table a few years ago, it's kind of taken on a new uh, kind of a financial um, uh, feel to it, yes. you know, um, kind of a, a numbers feel in line with the, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, trend around data. Yeah. Uh, but, um, 
you know, you meant mentioning the, the size of the, of the print issue, 244 pages. Steve, you know, our, our editor-in-chief was, uh, got his, his own copy in yesterday, and he was walking around, you know, plunking it down on the table and, you know, hearing that satisfying, you know, plunking sound uh, that only comes with, with plunking down a piece of print that size. Uh, <laughs> I, so. I don't think anybody would have been really happy unless we could plunk it down on somebody's foot and hear a bone shattering, <laughs> but, you know, we did okay, I think. Yeah, yeah, we, we did okay. Um, so, but anyway, you know, it's, yeah. funny, you, it's funny you bring up the revenue table. I think in a way, and you know, the two of us have been here working on this issue since we started the revenue table. I believe in two thousand, maybe fifteen. Yes, I think that was. And you know, so it's it's the kind of thing that um, before we had a list of a hundred agencies. They were beautifully written profiles. They were deeply reported. They were most importantly independent. But there wasn't that one kind of unifying element. And I think having that listing where. Listen, I'm not sure that all of our estimates are 100% in line, but we know that they're pretty damn close because we always hear from people after the fact saying, like, you know, what's your secret formula, which, of course, we will not be revealing here. But, you know, having that one unifying, you know, kind of piece of content, and I, I know this is something you pushed for and, you know, you were the one that shepherded it all the way through. That, to me, uh, me kind of took this thing to a different level. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, something that um, I felt distinguished us um, amongst our competitive set. And, um, you know, the agencies, you know, at that time seemed to be hiding behind Sarbanes-Oxley. And, mm -hmm. and I felt it, it wasn't, if we're going to hide behind a piece of regulation, you know, make it legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't feel that it was, uh, you know, uh, um, I, I felt that we, we needed to peel back the onion there. And, um, you know, the agencies, you know, to their credit went along with it. And to your credit, you know, because you're really in the trenches on the front lines, mm -hmm in trying to, you know, elucidate this data, you know, so credit to you, you know, well, for really you know, helping you facilitate that. You, know, you, you never want to feel like a bully by saying, like, all right, give us this information or else, you know, because yeah, the ultimatums right. are stupid, they don't serve anybody. But at the same time, there were a bunch of companies that weren't used to being asked anything other right. than, like, you know, so how was your year? Right. Um, I think a couple of years ago when we, you know, made the revenue question mandatory, um, you know, we gave everybody an out, and of course, there's always ways to game an online survey, right? You right. can stick a zero in where the number should be or whatever it is. But I think that at first was, you know, there was, it was viewed with some suspicion. But at the same yeah. time, once everybody saw the end result and that they could kind of put themselves up against the competition, where were they in terms of tiers? You know, there are a bunch of agencies that hit about 20 million, then there's a little bit of a jump, and then there's another jump around 45, 50 million. I think that became one of our you know, real kind of selling points with this thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, you know, had thought it was important to include that, you know, but you really, you know, made it happen. So kudos mm -hmm. to you. Okay. And and B, I shouldn't, you know, belittle the agencies and, and Sarbanes-Oxley. I'm sure there were, there was some legitimate, you know, hesitancy in terms of revealing some of that data because, you know, when you put data out there, you know, you got to stand behind it. Yeah. Uh, but I think, um, you know, the, those kind of fears and concerns kind of melted away. Um, uh, and gave, gave way to, to the greater good, um, and, and, and everybody believed in, in the necessity of this as a journalistic product. Definitely. That it was, it was necessary to get that out there. And um, again, so. you know, the, the, the Sarbanes-Oxley, that was not a, you know, like you just said, it was not an illegitimate excuse, but there was a very big distinction of like, here's information that we absolutely cannot give versus here's information that we do not want to give. And I right. think it always right. skewed towards the latter. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so speaking of, you know, this opening up um, of, of amongst the agencies, uh, they also opened up on, on a lot of trends uh, that they were seeing. Um, so, um, you know, what, what kind of things do you think jumped out in your mind this year in terms of trends across the agency sector? You know, we, we, we always joke about there being one kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, one kind of like fallback 
among all the agencies in a given year. Um, when I first started writing for this issue a couple years ago as a freelancer, it was, well, you know, we're becoming more digital. The business is becoming more digital. And, you know, you heard that 30 times over the course of however many interviews you did, and you started almost making fun of it, right? Um, <laughs> that said, I am not making fun of this, but um, this year's big trend was, you know, it was AI, it was data. Um, it was, you know, we are hiring data scientists. We cannot find enough people that have the skills there. We are crunching numbers. You know, we are doing things that we never imagined we could do to such great end for our clients. Um, the small frustration with that is that case studies are still in relatively light uh, supply. Um, mm -hmm. There are only so many people, because I think, and correctly in many cases, there are a lot of the things that are being done are pretty deep. <laughs> mm -hmm. they're, they're very different than, you know, what was seen even 18 months ago. So if you're one of the yeah. agencies that does this really well, if you're W2O, if you're Wonderman, um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, you don't necessarily want to, you know, share your secrets with the universe, which is fine. Um, those are the secrets, of course, that we want to, <laughs> to write about and share, and, you know, just for somebody like me who's genuinely curious in, you know, what's mm -hmm. going on and how healthcare marketing is evolving. That's the kind of stuff you want to get in there. So, Absolutely. you know, we yeah. thank those two companies and a couple of the others that were so uh, open about sharing. Yeah, I'm always, always, um, you know, wanted to get more insight kind of behind the scenes, you know, if I could be a fly on the wall in terms of those agencies yeah. that are able to share case studies versus those that aren't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you mentioned W2O and they did share some nice case studies in terms of how they're using analytics in the service of clients and how it really informs their creative. Um, so that, that was really interesting to me as well. Mm -hmm. um, tech forward initiatives, you know, I noticed a lot of agencies, you know, proffered those as, as uh, in, in their talking points like yes. voice tech, um, EHRs, mixed reality, uh, and AI, even in the service of like MedEd, you know, mm -hmm. so you know it's crossed over when, when you see it popping up in MedEd, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of like one of the nah, more conservative not just, not branches of marketing. anymore, Mark. That's right, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're didactic lectures, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Also, media. I, I can't recall um, having uh, read so many times agencies bringing on media capabilities yeah. as, as I did this year, um, you know, adding that to their offerings. Uh, because it matters so much how the messaging really plays out across channels, you know. One, one thing I found, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. That's probably the next thing I would have, you know, I would have mentioned. But media at this point, it's, if it's not inseparable from everything else you're doing, it should be. Um, I think there was always this kind of, kind of reluctance, but okay, you know, we have to cede some control to media-specific experts. And to be fair, there are many, many firms. Um, Publicis Health Media is a wonderful firm. Um, CMI Compass. I mean, there are many, many media-only firms that do incredible work. But if mm -hmm. you're one of these, you know, kind of mid-sized to larger agencies, this is the kind of thing you have to have some idea when you're formulating the work. The media can't come last. You can't just have here right. is an asset. Let's you know, shape it and mold it for the digital world. That doesn't doesn't work like that anymore. So I think agencies right. have been very nimble in the way they have sought to add that capability. Mm -hmm. And then some of the ones that I saw were Partners and Napier yes, and Merkel another good one. Uh, that had kind of added those uh, capabilities. Um, and then um, another thing that I had noticed was um, agencies kind of uh, stating that they're looking for clients who, who, who want to take a risk. And we, we've talked about for years how uh, healthcare marketing is kind of uh, wait, just waiting to break out of the box and kind of push the envelope in terms of creativity. Um, and, you know, you could 
if you're an agency executive, you can sit there and kind of stew, you know, in your own frustration about clients that kind of, you know, put the handcuffs on, or you can kind of do something about it. And this year, I kind of noticed there were several that that actually formally seemed to be changing their positioning almost to say we're only going to go after clients that are wanting to take this risk with us, mm -hmm. and likewise looking for employees that want to take this risk to, to to work on risky kind of work. And when I say risky, I don't mean you know like. Uh, playing golf in a lightning storm or something. Of course, I'm talking about stuff that pushes the regulatory envelope, right? And healthcare marketing is not for the faint of heart. It's it's more of a roller coaster ride than, than some of the other areas of branches of advertising that aren't regulated. Um, but, um, you know, I saw H4B Chelsea mention this, Rapwell mention this, mm -hmm. kind of going after this different type of client uh, that, that is willing to um, be more brave. Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the things that sometimes gets lost in these conversations is that what these companies do, what these agencies do, it's hard. You know, it's, you know, it's basically doing something which is hard to do, which is get somebody's attention and get capture somebody's imagination in an era where there's no shortage of things that will capture the imagination. They're all, you know, at your, uh, at your fingertips on any given mm -hmm. moment. But you have to do that in a context where there's incredible regulation, you know, where you can be developing an asset and then a regulatory body says, nah, that asset's not up to, you know, the, you know, the drug's not going to, it's not going to make it tomorrow. I mean, there are so many obstacles. So when you look at, you know, I, I think the way we were phrased it when we were talking about this before was, you know, agencies that want to be a little brave. I think that's it. I think a lot of agencies, there used to be this kind of mentality where, okay, let's be the second person to do something. You know, right, let, exactly. let somebody else Fast be followers. the uh, bold one, yeah. and then you know, then then we'll be right behind them. You know, we'll you know knock down the door after they already opened it. You know, something like <laughs> that. To use a terrible analogy, um, but now you know you find you know especially with some of the A-list creative shops, you know they're saying, listen, you want to work with us? Here is what we would like to do, and you know let's do this together. Let's figure this out together. Um, I sense there are still some clients that are very reluctant. Um, you know, you hear about. You know, not to name names and everything, but, um, you know, you always hear about Pfizer as being one that wants to do something up until the moment they don't want to do something, which I can only imagine is so incredibly frustrating for a company. That said, you know, if you're working with um, an H4B Chelsea, um, an Area 23, um, Hill Holiday Health, um, Havas Tonic, you know, these are agencies that have almost expectations of their clients. Like, you know, you want to work with us. You know, we're going to try to do interesting and new and different stuff together. You know, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's break some molds. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I, I noticed was, um, you know, we hear a lot about um, the shift toward from, from volume to value, you know, in the greater healthcare care uh, universe. Mm -hmm. Agencies seem to be um, kind of picking up on that kind of but in their own way in terms of fighting against the commoditization of agency services. Mm -hmm. I heard a few of them mention uh, how they want to, you know, float the idea of value-based pricing for agency services. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly how they would tie um, those uh, their services to value. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, it would be tricky. How, how do you measure value? Um, you know, but but Sachi and Sachi Wellness was one of them that they mentioned that um, you know providing value in the face of cheap competitors through thought leadership and certain you know specialized expertise. Healthcare Success mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and touch also mentioned you know this fight this need to fight against the commoditization of agency services I think by pharma and you always see um, in the challenges uh, section of the A to Z survey mm -hmm. that uh, shrinking shrinking marketing budgets are always one of the top concerns so I have to think that this is probably sort of a, a response to that yeah it's a little bit of a pushback I mean in in a way you know what we said before about bravery 
kind of feeds in here as well. I think agencies, and with very good reason, you know, the best companies, the best agencies have confidence. And they're saying, like, you know, listen, you know, you don't buy it right at first. You know, let's figure out some kind of a model where, you know, we will be rewarded quite well if it works out in the way that everybody wants it to. Right, um, right. That can only be a good thing. You know, nobody wants, I mean, marketing is not for the meek. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of marketing it can be like, you know, a local, you know, car retailer ad, you know, but 46 minutes after the hour, you know, the little local break on any network. But, you know, I, I, I applaud the agencies for having that confidence. I'm not really sure that's something that traditionally has been there. No, I, I don't think so either. Um, and um, you, you've got to you got to take your hats off to them, too, because they're raising all boats when they do things like that. And, mm-hmm. they, and they make statements like that. Um, and uh, you know we, we know who the real you know standout creative agencies are, and they, they seem to be leading leading the charge here. Yes. And I'm, I'm noticing it proliferating. You know, I'm, I'm noticing other um, you know agencies taking more chances, and, and some of the work that we're seeing doesn't look categorical. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like doesn't look like typical pharma work, and I think that's a good thing for all parties. Absolutely. And what's great about that is that it's across all channels and all mm-hmm. you know, genres of marketing. You know, you're seeing better traditional DTC work. You're seeing much, much, much better digital work. In every yeah. realm, right. people are you know, pushing it. Um, you're seeing social media. Everybody said, okay, we're not getting the complete set of guidelines that we want that outlines specifically every mm-hmm. single thing that we can and can't do. Screw it. Let's, you know. Let's you know. Let's do something until someone tells us we can't. <laughs> right, because we have to be there because the eyeballs are there. There it is. We're going to exactly. work with Med Legal and, and figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and the, kind of the ultimate um, kind of expression of that new attitude, if you will, would be would would be kind of pulling back on certain clients that aren't willing to go there. Mm-hmm. And I saw that too. I saw some agencies saying, you know, we kind of. Uh, parted ways with with the, this client or that client. Sometimes it was the, the client, you know, was unreasonable, yeah. uh, but perhaps some of it was the client just wasn't, you know, willing to approve some of the work that we were putting forth. Yeah. You know, so we got we got a lot. Um, you know, and I know you wrote a whole bunch of profiles, and I did, and I know that every one of our you wrote a lot more than me. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, there was, you know, there was uh, a lot of all right. You know, you, you know, you you mentioned that you lost. You know, you're no longer working with three clients. Why? And that's one of the very few times I'm like, can we go off the record? And, you know, most of the time it was exactly that frustration. It's like, you know, we were busting our heads. We were presenting 72 different things. And we got a, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And I think, you know, fortunately in this new, um, I would even say a little bit emboldened atmosphere, you know, people can, people can, you know, agencies can do that. They can say, you know, we don't want to work with someone who's going to take, you know, the 72 million hours of our, you know, person power or brain power and just say, "Eh, I don't know, maybe next year, you know, Mm -hmm. again, that's a great trend. Um, I really hope that's the kind of thing that, you know, when you read the entirety of the profiles that pops out, you know, the the idea that there's, you know, we're, we're going to do this thing. Absolutely. There's a little more swagger, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the sector now, which is something we haven't necessarily seen in the past. So sp- speaking of that, let's let's talk about sort of anecdotes and like just sort of interesting, mm-hmm. um, you know, stories uh, and or up and coming agencies that, that you, you, you want to call out. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to start us off here on this segment? Too? Um, let's see. You know, it's funny because, you know, again, you know, a, a lot of this is, you know, you have somebody working as, the, as an agency's primary mouthpiece, whether it's formally in a CEO or a president role or a director of marketing role or whatever it is. I think a little bit of it is how well you tell your story, which, you know, it's what everyone does, right? We're telling stories here mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. Um, so I, I almost, I'm 
hesitant to, you know, say like, well, if you're not in this list, you know, right. you get a lousy job telling your story and come back with somebody more charismatic next year because that's not, you know, that's not the case at all. Um, that said, of the people who I spoke with, um, I'm continually impressed with Area 23, um, not just from the product that they put out, but also from the way um, Tim and Renee lead the agency. Um, you know, they freely say like, hey, this is, you know, we, we work hard here, but mm -hmm. you also hear a lot of people um, at the end of each of my calls, I kind of said, all right, this is just my own, you know, reporting, whatever you want to call it, it won't be in the story. Who are you looking at right now? Who, who do you like? Mm -hmm. You know, whose mm -hmm. people are you trying to get? You know, where would you right. want to work if you were working somewhere else? And uh, Area 23 was cited by like a good 30, 35% of mm. the people I asked that question to. And that's pretty unprecedented, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think H4B Chelsea is, you know, it's always had a very good reputation. Um, I think they had mm -hmm. another really strong year, um, good leadership, good work. Um, Harrison and Starr, I think, had an excellent year. Um, in the last couple of years, there was sort of this idea that maybe a lot of other people caught up with them in the rare disease realm. And, you know, maybe they weren't the only company that you go to for something like this. Maybe there were a couple others. But um, I think they've had a really, really good last 18 months, last 24 months. Mm -hmm. um, among smaller agencies, um, Brick City Greenhouse is doing yeah, terrific, too, yeah. terrific uh, work. You know, yeah. it's the way, the way they describe it. You know, it's funny because, you know, they say, well, we're, we're operating out of a WeWork facility. Then we decided we didn't need that facility. And every one of our chats is being done by a FaceTime. You know, you think, <laughs> I mean, just based on this, you know, I work from, you know, far away a lot of the time. And there can be this sense of, you know, dislocation almost they mm -hmm. manage with people you know scattered in a bunch of different locations to put mm -hmm. together some mm -hmm. tremendous work um i think they're one of the you know even though they were in the top 100 this year i think that's one agency you'll see making a lot of uh gains mm -hmm. over the next mm -hmm. uh, year or so yeah um in the digital realm Arteric's doing terrific work um hans uh, casper sets who's their leader you know, is basically, you know, he, he had some quote, which I'm sure I'm going to mangle, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, we're a bunch of, you know, we're a bunch of tech guys that, you know, are coming in to, you know, work on healthcare, not, you know, not vice versa. And coming right. at it from that right. perspective, right. I think has given them a big lead in the digital realm. Mm -hmm. um, I think Motion Strand is doing excellent work along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, in the payer world, I think Precision for Value, you know, and the larger Precision Value and Health Group are doing uh, wonderful work. Mm -hmm. I am forgetting so many people right now, but the idea that there are, you know, if you say, hey, who's doing good, and I can get to like 50, 60 companies without, you know, you know, taking a breath, I think that's probably a good sign. That right? is absolutely right. How um, about you? Who are you, uh, who are you looking at as, you know, some of the leaders, movers, shakers? Who impressed you the most in uh, your reporting? And certainly uh, you were the poor sap that had to read all my stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was an impressive body of work, uh, let me tell you. And um, I, I really wasn't let down by any of the profiles i just like you know I, when i was reading through all all the hundred and uh i did because it was my job but it r really was legitimately interesting you know to see you know all the bright spots and all the the improvements you know in terms of the collective uh things that we've all been trying to improve on uh but um a couple other things that stood out to me were this kind of call it a nascent trend but but one toward ethical marketing. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed this in the publicist health media profile um, where they were talking about how some of their pharma clients are questioning the media placements uh, from an ethical point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to talk about this later this summer. You and I both will talk about this. Yes. Um, uh, we have a guest coming in to talk specifically about this trend 
again, nascent trend toward ethical marketing and pharma. But um, I just thought that was interesting, given um, you know, say the opioid crisis and the fact that um, you know what's going on with the Oklahoma opioid trial now. Yes. That's really focusing squarely in on the marketing uh, and whether you know the companies that are finding themselves uh, as defendants created a public nuisance there with with the marketing specifically. And from what I could gather from some of the reporting I did on it was that some of the some of the marketers were really looking at themselves, taking a hard look at yeah. what they did. And okay, yeah, it may have met the letter of the law or the regulation in this case, but, um, you know, uh, did they feel good about it? You know, so yeah. that's one thing I, I just thought was, was worth mentioning. And, uh, you know, one other one, and this one's kind of geeky, but hey, you know, we're, we're getting it all out there. <laughs> we're, in, we're, in the, we're in the wilds here, man. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the weeds here. <laughs> weeds, stay with weeds, us. my God. Um, but, but revamping internal processes, you know, like um, adopting an agile marketing style of work and co-creating with clients. Um, I thought that was interesting, and I noticed um, Havas Life Metro and a couple others mentioned yeah. that they're adapting this new style of internal work. Uh, which I guess is making their internal processes much more efficient. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, mean, the, the, the only, I don't want to say there's a problem with that. I mean, the thing is, you know, a lot has to line up. There has to be a willingness on the client side. There has to be a willingness on the agency side. But we're seeing it line up so much more than we did. And the right. ones that are doing it are doing it well. And listen, these stories travel. You know, um, somebody does something well and they can achieve efficiencies and nobody's, you know, pulling out their hair and work products aren't being saved into older versions and all the right. you know, stuff that comes right. with it. Right. You know that uh, that gets around. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I agree. Yeah, and it's also in line with the where, way pharma is going. You know, in terms of adopting the way startups work. You know, getting to a minimum viable product, that kind of thing, and like failing fast. Those mm -hmm. kind of techniques are where, you know, like the chief digital officers, are trying to push their you know CEOs to go in that direction. So it's interesting to see agencies kind of following suit there. And mm -hmm. some of them also, you know, to be fair, you know, like uh, uh, some some of them have had these kind of processes on the books for years, but it's nice to see, again, these kind of trends proliferating across the sector. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll defer to you on the up-and-comers. I mean, you, you talked to a lot of the ones in the, in the, um, in our uh, ones to watch, so you know you've, you've and you've said your piece on that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, look, look, yeah. again, you know, we could, you know, um, you know, if we had three hours here, I could certainly fill it with, you know, this person is doing good for this reason, this person is doing good for this reason. I'm sorry, this company is doing good for yeah, this reason. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it it's it's amazing how much a new work is being done, how much innovative work is being done, you know, there's not, there's not a, anything stayed, you know, there's not anything boring about this. And that's, right. I mean, listen, it makes our jobs a hell of a lot better, right? You know, we're not, <laughs> we're mm -hmm. not, you know, we're not just, you know, it's not just one model. And, you know, there's a, there's the DTC ad with the nicely modernized kitchen, but not too modern. And the whole family's coming down and the kids got headphones on, you know, I mean, all that garbage is getting washed away. And hey, good. This is good. Right. And I'd be remiss if I didn't just mention two other things. And that's the, the philanthropic efforts amongst a lot of agencies mm -hmm. like the finger paints, you know, which really make that, you know, a calling card in, mm -hmm. in terms of doing good and, and doing well, uh, as, as well as, um, you know, this real emphasis on uh, talent and culture, yeah. you know, that, that we're seeing um, and really um, pulling out all the stops in terms of benefits mm -hmm. um, and getting very creative in terms of recruitment um, and because the agency really is in the thick of a, of a major talent war and it just seems to get more and more competitive every day. That's a, that's a great point to bring up and I think the uh, agency that you mentioned, Finger Pain, is a perfect example of it. Um, they were much smaller than they are now five years ago. It has a reputation of a company that's doing great work, but also a really nice place to work with nice benefits. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you have options of, you know, the company that's 
going to give you a little bit more versus the company that's going to give you a little bit less. A lot of people, it becomes a hard calculation like that. The idea that you can do it at several companies here, um, I think Finger Paint's one of them, I think W2O is one of them. Um, Patience and Purpose actually has gotten a lot of good marks in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you can do it at a place that's doing exciting work with nice people, you know, with a sane work-life balance, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and agencies, big agencies like FCB New York. Yes, FCB Click, New York is a great you know, example. seem to be doing a great job year after year in terms mm -hmm. of recruiting and retaining. You know, yeah, there's some marquee names that seem to go, um, you know, um, uh, around. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, you know, the, you you have to recognize their efforts, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so um, I think that'll do it. Um, you know, it's, 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 again, it's, it's been a real labor of love, um, and I don't think a lot, of pe a lot of people appreciate all the work that, that Larry Dobrow puts uh, into it. Hey, so, listen, so yeah. everybody does the work. It's not, uh, you know, I just am the one that's loudest about it, basically. <laughs> and you go into your cocoon, but it's, you know, it's, you, you come out of it. You I know, mean, that, that, was, that was the joke I had with you. It's like I've been working for a different company for the last, uh, you know, two and a half, three months, and, yeah. you know, I've been in contact with Kevin Zitzman every, you know, four or five minutes, and, you know, everybody else much less frequency, so, frequently. So. Yes, no, so, you know, we, we, we appreciate, we recognize the work, and mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all really paid off. Mm -hmm. uh, again, if, if everybody out there, you should please register, you know, get behind the content gate. I think you'll find it to be well worth it. Absolutely. Uh, and look for other cool, you know, content-led, uh, editorial-led content initiatives uh, from M the MMNM team mm -hmm. uh, in the coming weeks. Steve Madden, our new editor-in-chief, has really got us, I think, firing on all cylinders, and it's, mm -hmm. it's really been a lot of fun, yes. you know, I think, you know, mm -hmm. since February. So. Um, just a couple of uh, parting housekeeping notes, and we'll wrap up here. We've got our agency party this Thursday night, uh, where we will celebrate with the Agency 100. Um, that's, uh, again, the 11th. You can find out more information on the website. Um, the award shortlist, uh, that'll be coming out next Tuesday on, on the site. Uh, another good reason uh, to, to, to follow MMM, MMM online. Um, and, again, we just had judging on the 24th. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Um, I think a lot of the comments that, that you know we were making about the quality of work really pulled through yeah. to the quality of award submissions as yeah. well this year. So and, you know what you wrote about last week about how you know you've been in the judging process so many times and there is a different there's a different vibe there's a different spirit of innovation there's a different spirit of enthusiasm and that, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, all, all all good indicators. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, our salary survey or our annual bellwether salary survey uh, is going out. Uh, very shortly, uh, so look for that in your email inboxes, and, and please respond uh, and help us compile the most comprehensive uh, uh, report about salaries across the industry on the client and the agency sides. Uh, well, that's about it. Uh, thank, thank you, Larry. Great thank to have you, you back again. You know, uh, deconstructing this thing is uh, fun, and you know, let's never mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Let's take a take a well earned uh, hiatus, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least well earned on, on your part. Um, and uh, so. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. For, for Larry, for Mickey Brown, our executive producer, uh, this has been Marcus Gowitz signing off from the MMNM podcast. We'll see you next week.